Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to the 10th anniversary episode of Funk Radio. Yay! This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. I, th- I wasn't sure if you were going to just say, like, oh, it's just another episode of Funk Radio, because it's not just another episode, listeners. No, it's a very special episode. I thought I would introduce it with the weight that it deserves. Good. Um, so, yeah, listeners, if you weren't already aware by the title of this episode and what we were just saying, uh, we've been doing this now for 10 years. Um, we are releasing this episode um, on the 10 year anniversary of when our first like pilot episode came out in 2012, which when I say that, my gosh, that's such a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. We were literally probably doing this podcast before podcasts were really popular and now everyone has a podcast. Yeah. I remember, um, maybe it was our 300th episode within the last year or so. I remember us talking or no, maybe it was before that. I do remember us talking about how like, like the history of podcasts and like, I don't remember when they started, but like we weren't too far off from like the early days of podcasting, which is funny because now it, you, like you said, pretty much everyone and their mother has a podcast. Every celebrity has their own. Yeah, exactly. Literally every, every celebrity, you know, basically has to have a podcast to like monetize themselves, I guess. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm curious if, um, the pandemic helped accelerate that a little bit as people needed more ways, especially like actors, like who weren't necessarily filming movies for a while. They needed other ways to like kind of keep promoting themselves or even just something to do, you know? Yeah. I think especially, I think you're right. I think the pandemic kind of blew up podcasts because people needed something to do, I guess. I was just kind of picturing when we very first started that. So listeners, um, we're kind of rambling, just jumping into this. <laughs> um, we, we do actually have a little bit of a structure for this episode. Um, part of the reason for that is, um, well, I mean, it's a special day, of course, but um, we've. I feel like having gone 10 years with this show and having so many different anniversaries and milestones of like, oh, 100 episodes, 200 episodes, uh, five years, you know, it's like mm-hmm. we've we've kind of gone through almost every iteration of what you can do for like, a special anniversary episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was I was thinking about that when we were trying to come up with ideas. I was like, we've already kind of done all of the cliche, like looking back at our first episode, doing a top 10, whatever, doing a 300th episode special. Um, I so, know. Yeah. Um, I want to, maybe was it our 100th episode or maybe it was one. Well, actually, I think 125 was the video episode. Was 100? No. I don't remember which episode. Maybe it was 150. I'm trying to... I'm go. I'm on getyourfunk.com, listeners, and you can search mm-hmm. for anything you want. Uh, apparently, it was episode 150 um, back in 2016, where we did the reunion with the old um, hosts from our college radio show of the same name. Um, oh, yeah. Where we brought them fun. on. And that was a lot of fun, uh, having them on again, but... Um, so yeah, there we did actually come up with some things to talk about in this episode, though. So, yay, listeners. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so I don't remember. I don't think we necessarily had a five-year episode, but I think we kind of talked about it around that time or so. Um, but around the five-year mark, um, I had put together a spreadsheet of like basically data of all of our episodes together, like the 
compounded length of all those episodes together, trends over time mm-hmm. by year and all that. Um, and I still had that spreadsheet sitting in our folder. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll just build off of that and kind of catch up with everything that's happened since then. Um, so I guess for our first um, section of this 10-year episode, um, I, I, your listeners won't have the visuals, but um, Kyle, you'll have the visuals and we can at least talk through it. Um, so if you go to the charts tab of that spreadsheet, um, this is kind Charts. of the summary, I guess, of the data that I put together. Um, yeah. The first chart I want to look at is the blue one on the top left, um, epi- number of episodes per year. Um, mm-hmm. I find it pretty interesting that, uh, you know, it goes up and down each year between 2012 and now, um, with apparently 2013 being like the most number of episodes we've ever done in a single year. Um, and actually, I wonder if I can see what that actual number is. Uh, oh, I just saw. Oh, it. 52. 52. So that's wow. literally an episode a week. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I, I seem to remember that because like 2012 obviously was like half of that because we started like not till September or so. So that's not going to be a full mm-hmm. year's worth. But I remember in 2013 being like, those are the early days when we were like cranking them out, sometimes like two a week. And I think some of them were shorter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And. and the- that was when we were experimenting with the mini funks where we were doing like little five, ten minute mini episodes. Yeah. So like I guess I'm not terribly surprised that with that was our biggest year in terms of like just the volume of episodes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then from there it kind of, you know, stays up and down for around thirty or so on average, I would say. Episodes per year. Um i I did find it interesting that twenty twenty one is like way below everything else yeah we obviously did a lot at the beginning of the pandemic because 2020 is actually pretty high yeah but then apparently 2021 we gave up on life because the pandemic defeated us <laughs> yeah i mean we only did 13 episodes that year so that's roughly one per month um i know that we had slowed down for a bit i did i guess i didn't realize until looking at the chart that like wow we really didn't do that many that year <laughs> um, yeah if i remember we took a pretty big break that last year like mid to late last year where i think we'd i don't think we funked for like probably four or five months yeah funk drought Uh, and then this year it looks like we're 11 episodes in but we're only in august so yeah keep up i think we will surpass last year's numbers just because we're not through the year yet um yeah but even then it'll be one of the lowest this will be one of the lowest years um, to on record, which is kind of interesting, because I thought we had kind of picked it up a bit more this year, but apparently not. Yeah, I thought we did too. I know we took a little bit of a break in the early summer, but uh, yeah, yeah, I could. I thought we picked it up more too, but who knows? I know. I mean, personally, I did start the new job. You started a new job, so maybe that kind of got in the way of some stuff. Yeah, I've also been doing my whole YouTube thing as well, so that's kind of been taking a lot yeah. of time away. Um, did you start that last year, or did you mostly get into that this year? I started that in late 2020. So apparently oh, okay. in 2020, didn't seem to have a big impact. But I guess I wasn't as serious about it back then. It wasn't like... When I started it, I wasn't actually like planning to do a whole channel, but then it kind of grew from there. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I kind of found that, that trend line kind of interesting. But um, I would say on average, we're between 20 and 30 episodes a year ish yeah that's not that's not bad yeah um and so if we go to the other chart next to it which is average episode runtime um i was just curious like what is the average like minutes 
per episode because as you mentioned mm-hmm. we have we did experiment for a while doing shorter episodes yeah um, it's funny I, I would have guessed that early on the episodes would be shorter just because the af- the, the many episodes we did would lower the average runtime yeah but that doesn't seem to be the case no it's actually very I mean obviously there is some up and down you know per year but uh, it's actually very close to about 30 minutes ish on average across the whole 10 years that's funny. It, I mean, it's looking at the yearly average. It's, I guess, the high is forty-one minutes, roughly, and the low is twenty-five. I'm guessing. So. Yeah. No, um, actually, twenty eighteen yeah. might be the year I was thinking of because um, let me just verify that I'm saying the right thing here. Yeah. So I don't remember if you know, or I don't know if you remember when we did kind of that mini series of like familiar tunes. So we did like. The shave and haircut. We did O Ten and Bomb, like oh, kind of yeah. traditional songs everybody knows, but nobody knows anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were gonna turn that into like a mini series. I think we ended up doing like three or four of them. Yeah, and so I, th- if I remember correctly, those were fairly short. So I think those drove down, possibly the average for twenty eighteen. Yeah, actually being the lowest average runtime for that year. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the the chart in the bottom left the one that shows every episode with its runtime and there's like a if you look at the beginning there's like a bunch of little super duper short ones kind of interspersed yeah, in i found that really interesting. i thought those were all of our five minute funks yeah even though it, they never ended up being five minutes <laughs> <laughs> no they were like 15 minutes um yeah so that's sort of an interesting chart i don't know how much we can actually say about it but um I did compile their total runtime of all episodes over the last 10 years, not including this episode, because we don't know how long it'll be yet. Um, the total runtime is about seven days, 13 hours, seven minutes, and 13 seconds long. <laughs> so if you listen to funk radio for a week straight, nonstop, you would still have 13 more hours to listen to. <laughs> Without sleeping. <laughs> uh, that would be a good form of torture. Just play funk radio on loop every episode so they can't sleep maybe we can get a sponsorship from you know guantanamo bay or something the cia <laughs> yeah exactly shout out to our <laughs> listeners there um so that kind of is more or less just kind of the some of the, the data that i collected from i mean you know because we haven't historically really kept track of like number of listens and all that kind of stuff um we may have some more more of that analytic stuff available now that i haven't i haven't really looked at it um yeah i i remember asking a while back but i don't know if we ever got an answer if uh if now that we're on spotify if they give us any sort of analytics i think spotify does um i think apple does i don't know it's a little hard because we're in so many different platforms but i don't know Mm -hmm. if each of them only tracks the ones on their own platform so like do you have to go add them all up i guess Probably. I mean, I, I would I would give a lot of weight to Spotify because that's where most people listen to podcasts in general. If they end up finding us, they're probably going to find us there. Right. Um, but uh, no, that be, that that would be interesting. I mean, not like I said, we've never <laughs> we've never really cared that much about our, our viewership. We've never tried to monetize it or anything. Yeah. I would just be curious to know how unpopular I am in real life. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, if, if we had tracked that over the last 10 years, we probably could have had more analytics to look at, but um, that's about as much as I was able to compile. 
I'm pleasantly surprised that our average runtime was about 33 minutes because I feel like that's like a good, especially now that everyone has a podcast, uh, I feel like 33 minutes is kind of that sweet spot of like, you know, it's you can fill in a lot of interesting stuff in, into a topic, but you're not extending it so long that it's like boring people and they're switching to a different podcast. Yeah. And as like a view, as a person who uses YouTube quite a lot, just as like a, you know, to watch stuff. I, I feel like that's kind of a sweet spot in that area too because like you want something substantial enough that you know it's interesting to stick around for it for a while because I, I don't really want to watch something necessarily it's like two minutes long um, but you know if it's like an hour and a half I'm not going to watch it either so exactly exactly um, and of course we have had episodes that were like I don't I we've had a few that are way over an hour maybe an hour and a half but those are pretty rare mm-hmm and it's funny too because like I don't for any given episode, I feel like we don't necessarily go into it saying okay we need to we need to record this episode in the span of thirty minutes. It's kind of just like however long it takes for us to get through it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's interesting that even though it's not one hundred percent intentional, that we still kind of hit that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next section of this episode, I guess, Kyle. Um, it, I had said that like, Oh, we've kind of gone through all the different iterations of, you know, anniversary topics. Um, but something I realized is that as a music podcast, we've never actually talked about our own theme song that we've used for the show for the last 10 years. Um, Yeah. So I felt like that was worth maybe a small conversation. Um, yeah, definitely. So when we were putting together the, like the pilot for the show back in, I guess it was around August of 2012 before it came out, obviously. Um, I was looking, I was trying to find like, okay, if we want to like a, you know, a little theme song at the beginning of the episode, what do we do? Um, at the time, and actually for several years after that, there was a site that I used to use called Free Music Archive, which was generally, I would say, Creative Commons music that people kind of just put up there mm-hmm. of all different genres. Um I kind of stopped using it because the quality was extremely hit or miss. Um, and so you're, you kind of find yourself digging through like hundreds of songs with a lot of them not being what you want. Yeah. Anyway, that's not the great, the greatest uh, plug for free music archive. Um, <laughs> but I mean, with any, as with anything free, you kind of get what you pay for. Um, but I, I have over time found a few gems from that site. Um, um, but the song that I ended up picking was kind of like a obvious, See a funk genre uh, song uh, called "Crying at the Discotheque" um, by Fernando. I think is how you say it. Um, and again, this is there's just a lot, a lot of like indie people who put up their own music. It's kind of like uh, SoundCloud in that sense, I suppose. I was able to find um, a write up about the artist Fernando that I'm guessing that he wrote about himself. Um, it was on his. Um, uh, his little profile on the site. I don't, I don't know if he's been active since. I don't think there's really been much else since then. Um, but I'll read this. Actually, I'll let you read it, Kyle, because I'm talking a lot. Okay. Uh, it says, quote, Fernando is a great young Mexican DJ whose most recent album, Sweet Addiction, got some amazing reviews on free music download websites and social networks. Fernando, or Fernando Ramirez Rios, has been composing music since he was a teenager and has already released several EPs and singles. I Love New York, his previous release, was a house-slash-trance-slash-electro-composition. Sweet Addiction falls in between the disco, house, and funk genres, 
with more complicated arrangements and, quote, sexy and glam style. Both are happy, energetic, and capturing. Composing music is just that for Fernando. Happy, energetic, and capturing. Wait, what the fuck? I can't read. Composing music is just that for Fernando. A way to fully immerse himself in something he loves and enjoys. Uh, yeah, so... As I was saying, he's kind of like an indie person. I, you know, uh, just felt that having used one of his songs for the last decade, we should probably give him a little bit of attention. <laughs> um, but it sounds like he's released a bunch of other stuff too and kind of different genres. So I guess uh, go check him out if you want. Is I was going to say, is he only active on Free Music Archive or does he have like on Spotify? I'm going to Google Fernando. Uh, yeah, look it up. I actually don't know. Uh, while you do that, I'll uh, tell the listeners um, that this particular song, Crying at the Discotheque, um, and the album that it's from, uh, were released on July 31st, 2012, um, which is only roughly a month before we actually released our first episode of the show. So actually, at the time, I don't even know if I knew that at the time, but it, it was like only a few weeks old. Oh my gosh, I found the song. It's on Spotify. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sweet. Uh, yeah, he's on Spotify, and he is still making music. His last album was Cosmic Love in 2021. Oh, okay. Well, good for him. Yeah. And for for listeners, so, it's F-H-E-R-N-A-N-D-O. It's not necessarily the spelling that you would expect. Um, so my thought is that maybe we play the episode and it's entirely at the end of this episode. Um, you mean play if, the song? Yeah, like if people want to listen to it. Yeah, they can, um, or whatever. But yeah, we'll we'll push it to the end, uh, just for funsies. So, and I guess you listeners already heard a clip of it at the beginning of this episode and every episode for the last ten years. <laughs> um, so I actually, you had mentioned before that there was a period in our early first couple of years that we were doing what we called five minute funk, mm-hmm. um, which never ended up being five minutes. No, um, it was like I, ten, I, twelve minutes. Yeah, I wanted to give an honorable mention to that because I actually uh, forgot that I used a different theme song for those shorter episodes. Oh, yeah. There, so this is kind of another like funk-styled song by Kevin McLeod, um, who is something of an internet legend um, in the sense that he's been creating like high-quality free music for like probably 15-plus years. Wow. Um, yeah, his name sounds familiar, actually. I don't remember if we've talked about him. It's possible that we have at some point. I don't remember what like context it was. But like there's so many different songs like on podcasts or YouTube videos that you've probably heard numerous times and like without even realizing it was him. He's kind of like one of those famous people behind the scenes in terms of like internet stuff. Um, He's the Wilhelm scream of music. <laughs> more or less. <laughs> um So I actually think we will play a clip of this really quick for the listeners um, rather than playing the whole thing. Um, Actually, if it's really short, I might just play the whole thing because it might only be like 50 seconds long or something. It's like 37 seconds. Okay, we'll just play the whole thing then. That's fine.
that's pretty funky. It reminds me of like a seventies car chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, with both of our kind of music choices, I mean, they leaned very much into the seventies funk style, which, you know, as the name of our show implies, that's kind of where we started for the first several years. Yeah. Um, and I know we've kind of done retrospective as on that many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I know I kind of set up Kevin McLeod a little bit um, already. Do you want to read this quote about him? I think this is another thing from his website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we found a quote that says, uh, "Quote: Kevin McLeod is an American composer and musician. McLeod has composed over two thousand pieces of royalty-free library music and made them available under a Creative Commons." copyright license his licensing options allow anyone to use his music for free as long as he receives attribution which has led to his music being used in thousands of films his music has also been used in some commercial video games such as kerbal space program Hmm. as well as in a large number of youtube videos and films interesting yeah yeah, I, actually, I, I didn't think about his music being used in video games, too, but I'm sure that's a thing. Oh, definitely. Um, um, especially, like, indie games that, like, you know, want to save on budget and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm positive that he's on uh, Spotify as well, listeners. So if you want to go check is. out some of his stuff. And it's probably one of those things where you listen to some of his top tracks and you're like, oh, yeah, I've definitely heard that before. Oh, my God. Sorry, I, the the top song on his Spotify is called "Monkeys Spinning Monkeys," and if you play it, it's literally like I've heard this song five billion times, and I'm like, I just never really thought about it. It's like a really like whimsical, cutesy song. That's funny. Yeah, he's another one where like he does music for like literally every genre you can think of, um, and like like he's like we said, he has over two thousand songs, so. Um, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um, I completely forgot to say the name of the song we played before that we used for some of our episodes. Um, oh, it was it, it was called There It Is. Um, so there it is, listeners. Um, that song was released in on July 15th, 2011, so that was about a year before we started doing funk radio. Um, so, yeah, I guess in both cases, it seems like the songs were fairly new at the time anyway. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, I don't know. I felt it was worth bringing that up since we're a music podcast. <laughs> and there was like... Uh, allegedly. <laughs> music s- staring us in the face for the last 10 years that we've ignored. Yeah. But no, that is that is really interesting. Um, especially the Fernando guy. I didn't know that A, he was a person. <laughs> <laughs> and B, that he was uh, fairly... Let me, let me look at his play count really quick. Oh, okay. I think we might have more monthly listeners than he does. He has 400 monthly listeners. I was going to say, I think he has more monthly listeners than we do. Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad, but probably true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know. Like we said, we don't really no, look at the probably. analytics, so we have no idea. <laughs> you're probably right. We have like three monthly listeners, and we put out four episodes a month. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Honestly, I mean, it's so funny. Like I said, you've been using these songs since as long as I can remember, and I never really questioned where you got them right. <laughs> or anything about them. I was just like, oh, these sound nice. Well, and the funny, yeah, that's the thing, too. I, even for me, having kind of just grabbed them, you know, just trying to find something at the time, like, I, I, I never, like, it's one of those things where you, it becomes so 
routine with the whole process that you don't even think about it consciously of like, oh, what is this song or where did it come from? Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of process, uh, <laughs> I guess that's a good segue. Uh, we're going to be changing up our process a little bit because uh, Mr. Peter here has literally edited every single funk episode that we've done in the last 10 years. That's the, true, listeners. I guess a little behind the scene, a little behind the scenes, listeners, the way we kind of construct our episodes is we each record our side of the conversation through a recording app. I use Audacity. I think, Peter, you use Audition or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I will, once I have my recording, I will, you know, save and export it and then send it to you. Uh, And then you basically put our recordings together uh, and kind of edit everything down. You edit out all of my stupid mic noises and inappropriate things that I say. <laughs> and um, adding in, like, song clips <laughs> when we talk about various songs, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. And We haven't really been having to do that as much lately, but whenever we do, like, the, you know, top five songs or whatever, uh, Peter would then go and find those songs, rip them, and put them in the, like, little 10, like you said, 10, 12-second clips in our episodes. Yeah, I remember early on, I don't know if, if we, like, kind of figured this out before we started the show but we were trying to figure out like what was the legal amount of a song we could play without getting copyright flagged or or whatever yeah and we found out it was like 11 seconds or something i remember us going really back and forth on that whole thing because it's i think the thing with fair use is that it's like um purposefully vague from a legal perspective so i don't know if there Mm -hmm. is necessarily a set rule for like what is considered copy excuse me what is considered copyright infringement um i mean i think it, from a legal perspective a, a music studio could argue that anything more than 0 seconds is copyright infringement and should not be done um but with you know under the terms of fair use um which is you know what we use here because it's 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 commentary oftentimes it's educational you know um mm-hmm. so and like you said we're only doing short clips of the songs so yeah i don't know i was gonna say other other music based podcasts that i've listened to that even do like album reviews and stuff on the regular mm-hmm. they'll usually play 10 to 15 seconds of a song or if they're talking about a specific breakdown or chorus or whatever they'll play like different clips of the song but just snippets of like mm. here's the chorus here's the verse what have you yeah so it seems like everyone kind of abides by that you know less is less is better <laughs> to not have you know sony kicking your door down <laughs> but i was gonna say lawyers would have to listen to us first to uh, be able to find us <laughs> that's true yeah i think i typically do like be somewhere between 15 and 20 seconds if i remember right um and I have we as you said we kind of have fluctuated that over time as we've kind of had different um, like opinions about that whole thing over time. Mm. Um, but I you know and we're really not trying to compete with the actual song. Where I in pretty much all cases we're bringing attention to a song, so it's like I don't know. Yeah, I never I never understood that process of it. It's like especially if you're doing a review or like us, we're just talking about different artists we like it's like whether five people or five thousand people listen to us it's like we're bringing positive attention to the song to maybe get people to go check it out themselves yeah it's basically free advertising yeah it's free real estate 
Yeah, so I know we had some questions or, you know, I don't know if we were necessarily, like, super worried about it at the beginning, but I think we were certainly no, mindful I never of it. really was worried. I never really was worried. The only time I would be worried is if we ever planned to jump to YouTube because their copyright bots are yeah. demonic. And probably, I don't even think our, our format in that sense would even work on YouTube. You mean, um, you mean with song clips? Yeah, yeah, like any song clips at all. We're just It doesn't matter what we're doing with it. It's just like, oh, this was flagged. Oh, gosh. So, you know, that reminds me. There was actually a period. I don't think, gosh, I mean, this was in the first few years. There was a period for maybe six months or so where I did, re- like, parallel release the episodes on YouTube as well. Because I think we were, oh, we really? were experimenting with... Because this was back when the Eighth Circuit was still a thing, and that's kind of where this podcast originated. Oh, listeners. yeah, because that's right, because we were kind of doing them through Eighth Circuit, so they were getting released on their website, and okay, now I remember all that. Yeah, because we didn't have our own website until actually, I don't know, maybe 2016 or so. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we were on a, a website called the Eighth Circuit Listeners. It was essentially like a pop culture news site, it, similar to like, I don't know, yeah. Gizmodo or something like that, um, or one of those, you know, there's like probably five or ten that are all kind of similar. Um, mm-hmm. that our, our friend Ryan um, was running at the time. And he basically said like, hey, have you guys thought about doing a podcast? Because if we can host here. And I said, you know, that's that's a good idea. So that's how it... So this whole thing was his idea. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> well. Um, and I, I don't know if he wants to take credit for that. <laughs> He's just like, no, please don't. Um, but, you know, that's where we were for several years. Um, and at that in that era is when I... And it might have even been from a conversation with him of, you know, should we try parallel releasing them on YouTube just to see what kind of traction we get there? Um, in addition to yeah. the, uh, on his site, it didn't really go anywhere, which is, I think, partially why we didn't do it long term. But to to your point about our, our format wouldn't really work on YouTube, I think we kind of ran into that there. Um, oh, okay. Because that was probably like in the early days of YouTube kind of starting to roll out that whole copyright crap. Because yeah. I remember, I remember in like 2017 or 2018, there was like adpocalypse and there was all this like massive changes to YouTube's like algorithms and stuff that like screwed over a lot of creators. Well, and it's also interesting and, too how YouTube has become a lot more official in terms of like you can go there to listen to music. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. back then, it was still very much like you could listen to a song if someone uploaded it and it hadn't been taken down yet. And there was a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you couldn't find there for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. So if we wanted to even feature like, here's a playlist of all the songs we talked about in this episode, which might be like seven or eight songs. It was kind of hard because like at the time, Spotify didn't have everything. YouTube didn't have everything. So it was like, how are we supposed to compile all this? <laughs> so it was kind of a mess. I think that kind of stuff is kind of more smoothed out nowadays. But to, But to your point, I still don't think we would work on YouTube unless we took out all of our music. Yeah, yeah. Um, or just kind of dumped the whole concept of, like, you know, picking out songs or talking about songs and playing little clips of them. Yeah, which, you know, I don't know, to and me that just... kind of largely defeats the purpose of doing a music podcast in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you can't feature music in a music podcast, then what are you? Yeah, like, then um, you at that point you're, like, entirely relying on your listeners to either know what the music is you're talking about or they have to go and listen to it separately and nobody's going to do that. <laughs> We're just like, okay, listeners, now play a 10-second clip in your head. 
Yeah. Well, maybe um, when we're all in the metaverse in a couple of years, maybe they oh can God. do that. Please don't. You won't go down that whole rabbit uh, hole. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess the the point I was trying to get at with, when talking about our process oh, and, yeah. and mentioning that you, Peter, have been editing these episodes for the last 10 years is that, as you said earlier in the episode, you kind of have your um, your own burgeoning project that you're doing through on YouTube, actually, creating uh, short documentaries and stuff of different things. I'm probably butchering what you're doing, but... No, that's a good <laughs> overview. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you kind of have your own side project thing going with creating these short films, and obviously that takes a lot of your time. Uh, so we kind of talked about it, and since I don't have another side project, I'm going to start taking over editing uh, these episodes and hopefully not screw it up. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing that. Um, and I yeah. know that we've talked about like potential ways to kind of smooth out if not the episode format itself, just even from the back end, us trying to whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say, just prepping listeners for any future episodes, I'm super, like, lazy. So <laughs> I'm probably, I'm pro- like, in, in cutting out audio and stuff. I mean, I'm sure we'll go through all this and how it works uh, on, this, uh, on the side. But uh, we're, I'm going to try and have this be more of a stream of conscious this stream of conscience consciousness yeah um sort of style where there's a little bit less kind of you know cutting out the other person when one person's talking so it sounds more like a more more natural just because i'm lazy and i want to be able to edit these as fast as i can <laughs> right. and honestly i think uh within reason i think that'll be a good thing for the show as a whole because i, I have gotten better about that over the years um and especially in the last like six months or so I've really tried to mm-hmm. be more hands-off um, on in that end, but I know I am still just naturally doing more of that production work than probably needs to be happening, honestly. Um, yeah, and I, I've always kind of felt bad about that. I've always I kind of been like, you know, aside from like my, you know, microphone noises that when I'm fucking with it or like, uh, let's just say uh, bodily function sounds. Um, <laughs> That's for our <laughs> platinum listeners. <laughs> that's for that's for our patreon <laughs> um uh, yeah for the most part i'm totally fine with a more kind of loose cut episode i mean you see you see some of these huge podcasters like i don't know joe rogan or whatever mm. like i i guarantee there's probably very little editing done of those conversations that they those interviews that they do um yeah obviously they have a lot better recording equipment as well but um yeah, I've always kind of been like, you know, we're, we're a loose podcast. I'm fine with it being kind of rough. We don't got to yeah. polish ourselves up too much. Well, it's not like um, we have a million followers who are going to get angry if we change things slightly. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as long as the audio is serviceable and we don't sound like we're recording into a tin can, then I think we're fine. Like with our early episodes. And both of us are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something we should say for episode three. 5400 whatever is uh going back and looking at our old recording equipment we used to use <laughs> gosh i don't think i even have uh, i had one of those like stem mics yeah so did i um i don't think i even have that and anymore. then i got i got this little i think this is back when i installed my laptop before i even built my first computer i had this little samson mic that you clip onto like the side of your laptop oh <laughs> um and then i want to say in like 24 15 or 16 is when I got my Blue Yeti mic, mm. and I've been using that ever since. Is that the one you still have? I've been, yeah. 
I've been thinking about replacing it at some point, but, uh, I mean, as long as it sounds fine and doesn't break, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you and I got new mics around the same time, because I think I got mine around that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've gone through at least three different mics over the course of this show. <laughs> yeah, same um, here, same here. So yeah, I mean, if we, you know, we may end up, listeners, we may end up experimenting with just different ways to go about certain episodes or whatever, and then in the following months um and now you know why yes uh so yeah that's that's all i wanted to mention is that just you know i'm going to be taking over the editing side of things so if stuff is you know lower quality than you're used to then blame me <laughs> um <laughs> so sure. yeah that'll be fun i'm i'm kind of excited actually i haven't really done a lot of audio editing so it'll be good to kind of stretch that muscle so to speak yeah, I mean, gosh, I've learned a lot about it just from doing this show over the years. And I really, honestly, I really like audio editing. It's quite nice. And like, especially c- compared to like video editing, it's like so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So, I mean, that's all we have kind of written down f- for covering in this episode. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to reminisce about. I've, I've reminisced plenty on this show. Um, it is crazy that we've been doing this for 10 years. Honestly, I didn't think we would. Um, I know it's um, I mean I don't think we've ever had a thought of like I don't know if you've ever even thought about it necessarily consciously at least I haven't um, it's kind of like just like oh you know we're still doing it but I think it's honestly pretty incredible that we have made it a decade doing this because it's like it's a fun hobby and you know we don't take it too seriously so it stays fun yeah I think that's I think that's exactly why we've been able to do it for so long is because We've never tried to monetize it. We've never been focused on, oh, we got to get our listenership up. Oh, we got to get more listeners. We never tried to turn a hobby into a job, which yeah. is basically the perfect way to kill any any uh, creativity or passion you have for something. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't monetize YouTube for the same reason, because I want to keep it fun, you know? Um, the And with this podcast, like, I, I feel like if we had put that pressure on ourselves like trying to meet specific like monetization goals over time. Like Mm -hmm. we would not have lasted 10 years because it would have been like, well, we're not making X amount of dollars, so it's not worth our time. So let's pull the plug on it. Exactly. It's like once, yeah, once you put a price tag on something, then it's like, oh, we're not making a profit or, oh, we're losing listeners. Let's just kill it. Yeah. Whereas not caring about making any money off this, uh, if anything, technically it costs us money. Oh, Um, it does. (laughs) Um, yeah, if, uh, where was I going with this? But yeah, I've always kind of been a firm believer of like, you can have hobbies and you can have passions that you don't need to monetize. You don't need to turn into a side gig. That's something I've always kind of hated, especially, you know, the hustle culture of our generation. It's like the idea that everyone that goes into youtube or goes into podcasting is like they do it because oh i want to be i want to be a famous youtuber i want to be a famous podcaster i want to make my living doing what i love which is not a bad goal but i think it tends to be extremely difficult if not unrealistic in most cases yeah and if you're not doing something first and foremost for the interest in it and the passion for it then it's like the money's never going to come, so to speak, yeah. because people gravitate towards, you know, passionate people anyways. And I think those are the people that end up being the most successful when they do monetize things is the people that, mm. you know, 
oh, I, you know, my first four years on YouTube, I, you know, I made a, a dollar a month and then I blew up. But yeah. they did it for four years because they didn't care. They were <laughs> just having fun doing it. Yeah. And I think I, I, that's how, kind of how I approach funk radio. I, you know, I, I, we always literally we joke about not having listeners because we probably don't, but it's never <laughs> stopped me from wanting to do it's stopping stopped me from wanting to do any episodes because yeah. I find the stuff we talk about interesting. I like researching this stuff. Yeah, well, and like, and, and again, I'll just say this is kind of a parallel with my YouTube thing as well. It's like I'm researching this stuff kind of just like for fun anyway. In a lot of cases, of like just because I'm curious about these pieces of history or this obscure uh, equipment or whatever, you know? And so like, mm-hmm. why not, if you're already kind of interested in that stuff, why not turn it into something that you can share it with other people and talk about it? Um, you know, I've learned a hell of a lot from doing this show, you know, just about various genres of music or, uh, you know, various historical things. Um, so it's been really interesting and fun from that perspective. Um, so I guess it's, exactly. and I know you have a similar, uh, you know, interest level and that kind of stuff. So I think it's been a good like outlet, I suppose, for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as long as there's, as long as there's stuff where both of us are interested in, in researching, then there's always going to be topics for Funk Radio to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, sorry to ramble. I think us kind of broadening our scope of what we talk about. You know, talking about music history, talking about you know music, the science of music. Mm. I think has allowed us to keep doing this for 10 years because honestly if we kept it like super narrowly focused on funk we probably would have run out of stuff to talk about like five years ago well we kind of did run out of stuff to talk about which is why we kind of brought it i think um i don't remember yeah, touche, I mean, touche. gosh it was only yeah it was probably between three and five years after that we were like okay we needed to start talking about other stuff than just funk mm-hmm. music um but um i seem to remember it might have been roughly around that same time that we started broadening our scope that I think there was a time where we were kind of considering like, should we try to monetize this or with advertising, you know, does that need to be a part of this whole thing? Um, Mm. We never took any serious approaches to that, but yeah. If there was a natural way to do it that basically didn't require us to be doing like ad reads in the middle of our show, then I would be okay with it if, like, it's just like, oh, here's, you know, cut cut this in half and we're going to put an ad in the middle or something. Yeah. And there was, you know, it was like, oh, hey, if you do this, you'll make roughly a dollar an episode. It's like, okay, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that kind of monetizing yourself on a podcast kind of, I don't want to say takes away the soul of it, but it, it, it just adds an entirely secondary layer of, you know, post editing of thought process yeah. of making sure that your advertisers are, you know, happy, friendly, happy and friendly to what you're talking about. Probably couldn't make nearly as many blind jokes. <laughs> well, and the other thing too, is like, if depending on how you do it, like if a certain advertiser is like, we'll pay you five cents per hundred listens or whatever, like, you have to have pretty strong following in terms of like regular listenership for that to even kick in in the first place. Um, Very true. Which we've never really had, to my knowledge, anyway. Because um, our our friend Gary does a podcast. Uh, I think he's been doing it for a couple of years now um, about like French history and all that. I know he monetizes his, but I, to my knowledge, 
um, he only got, he does it through Patreon. I think he's had some mm-hmm. other like advertisers approach him, but I think it was like not going to be worth his time. I could be completely butchering that. I don't know. I don't know all the details, but I know Patreon is just like most like where he gets most of his money from in terms of his show. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's another way to show, do it, I guess. I was gonna say his show is you know multitudes more successful than even ours, and if if he's kind of turning away sort of you know advertisers i guess then it, it kind of shows the complication of the process so to speak and how it's yeah. like oh okay i i might you know add this advertiser to the beginning of my episodes but it's going to get me like you said like five cents for every thousand listeners even if you get a million listeners a month that's like 50 bucks yeah so and i i, I would have to talk to him about that again i don't remember if he's changed things or whatever, I, don't, I might be remember, misremembering some of that. But the point is that I think even you have to be like very successful and have a very big following for that to really even make sense in the first place. So it's like, mm-hmm. why add that? Like kind of like you were describing, it adds all the extra bulk, kind of basically for nothing, for no benefit. Yeah, if if Spotify, if Spotify had more of a system like YouTube has, where if you choose to monetize a video it will literally just slap an ad in the front of your video and you can basically just not have to like lift any you know do any sort of like embedded ad reads or sponsorships or any of that crap Mm -hmm. and you can still get uh generate income from just doing that that might be cool but oh i see what you're saying where it's like very hands-off it's just like they automatically plug it in every podcast i've seen their ad reads are always embedded in the in the um, podcast, they're usually read by the hosts. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're very, what's the word? Uh, Jarring. Not inarticulate, but like, yeah, boring, kind of, uh, they're not very integrated well into, um, you know, what they're talking about. I will, on that note, I will say that, um, you know, watching YouTube channels that integrate it really well is actually very rare, but when they do integrate it well, and make it funny and all that. Like, I'd really do appreciate that when they do it. Oh, yeah. No, there's some there's some good advertisers that pair well with the creators, and they basically just let the creator do almost what they want. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, those those are, those are I totally don't have a problem with. And, like you said, they can be pretty funny sometimes. But uh, that's few and far between. You know, when you find a good creator that's a good match for an advertiser, and the advertiser is just like do something cool you know we don't care right kind of hands off um um this has been sponsored by raid shadow legends <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh download it now to get your uh, limited time loot chest or some bullshit like yeah. that um yeah so I, I guess our talk about monetization has been kind of our secret fourth section of this episode um yeah but that, so, that is interesting sorry, that kinda... we i mean i it's possible we've talked about it a little bit before but um i think that is an interesting aspect of having done this for 10 years and never having monetized it, it I, I feel like we are we do kind of stand out in that sense because i'm guessing that a lot of shows if they have lasted this long <laughs> as long as we have have mm. probably at least attempted to make money off it yeah Oh, 100%. Or, or like you said, if they they got to a certain point where they're like, I want to monetize this, and then they try, and it doesn't work, or they're not getting the revenue that they think they should be getting, and then they just quit. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, hopefully, I guess, 
Will I have another 10 years of funk? We'll be 50, <laughs> and that's or, no, 43. We'll be doing the 20-year episode. Yeah, the 20th, 20th anniversary funk radio will be in the metaverse with uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah, um, that's terrifying to think about. Um, I know. So, yeah, um, it's been uh, it's been a fun little look back at some of our history. Um and we will be continuing to make more of it, starting with our next episode, um, which I think will be the first one edited by me. You're gonna, yeah. This will, I I guess I decided that I wanted our tenth anniversary to be like the last one that I do. Um, nice. And then it'll be you after that. So um, look forward to that, listeners. Um, look forward to Funk Radio crashing and burning. <laughs> I think we crashed and burned on our first episode and <laughs> been soldering ever since. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my God. <laughs> well, if doing this for 10 years is, uh, has done anything, it's made me predictable. Um, well, if we don't have anything else, um, thanks for listening, everybody, for the last 10 years. If you've been around since the beginning, or if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. <laughs> you have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. You have to do the funk radio challenge of listening to all of them back to back for seven and a half days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this has been your host, Peter. And this has been your host, Kyle. And you have been the listeners. Um, and as I promised earlier, we will play the entirety of our theme song, uh, crying at the discotheque by Fernando starting now. Uh, and we hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>